This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? Nerd Wallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. One of the things that I enjoy about having a chance to fill in from time to time is I can uh, check around and see if uh, one of my favorite authors might be available for a conversation. And I mentioned a number of authors earlier in the show, and they're not favorites because of their connection to the Twin Cities. It just happens to be that that is a connection. They're favorites because I just enjoy what they write. One of those gentlemen, uh, in this case a gentleman, is David Housewright, who's the first now, well, he, he's got a couple of series, including the Holland Taylor books, but along the way, and back 2004 or so, he started in another direction, a book called A Hard Ticket Home, about a St. Paul police officer who hit the jackpot, and depending on what you think of him, he did or didn't sell his badge, but instead he has been doing some great things. Rushmore McKenzie has been doing some great things ever since A Hard Ticket Home, and David Housewright joins me to talk about that and the latest. Hey, good afternoon, David. Thank you for making yourself available on this Saturday. How are you doing? 
I'm doing well, thank you, but then I'm nice and toasty warm. I'm not outside. Do you, hey, let me ask this question. Do you have a, uh, a particular place where, like, uh, your writer's garret where you sit while you're writing and, um, and just, you know, a cozy, comfortable spot? I do, actually. I, uh, I built an office in my basement, and uh, that's, that's where they're all written. Well, it, it, so you don't need to be looking out a window. I, does it help to not be distracted from looking out the window? Actually, I have a very large window. Uh, the oh, way my, my house is set up on a hill, I'm looking out on my uh, on my neighbor's backyard. Hey, tell people, if you can, um, a little bit about where the inspiration for Rushmore McKenzie came from. Oh, wow, man, that, that gets complicated. Um, basically, I wanted a guy who could do a lot of adventures. I, I could branch out and, and write a lot of different kinds of stories. And so I, I wanted to create a character who is doing what he's doing because uh, partly because he's bored and partly because he actually thinks he's making the world a better place. He's not doing it because somebody knocked on his door and ordered, uh, offered him a lot of money, like a PI would. He's not doing it because uh, he was working the, uh, the third shift and got a call and found a body on the floor of a, of a restaurant or something. Yeah. Um, and as a result, I can write a lot of dark stories. You mentioned A Hard Ticket Home. And then I could also write some lighthearted stories where maybe he's uh, investigating an art theft or something like that that doesn't have a lot of dead bodies on the floor. <laughs> well, that's got to be more upbeat. Hey, I know that there is a 21st novel in the series coming, um, I think, when is it? Probably June of 2024. Is that right? A Man in the Water or Man, man yeah. in the Water? Yes, that'll be out in, and I don't have the actual pub date. They, uh, they've neglected to tell me this, but I'll, I'll figure it out between now and then. Okay, well, anyway, um, that'll be the, in the series. Uh, yet, you managed to write and to overlap series at the same time, because you continued with your other series at the same time, that you were writing Rushmore McKenzie when you were, you were still writing Holland Taylor. Uh, how, how, how do you do that? Um, <laughs> well, one of the things I do is, I'll, I'll, for example, I have another Holland Taylor book coming out. I haven't got a pub date. It'll be out this year sometime. It's called Girl in the Dumpster. Give you an idea of where we're going. Yeah, let's um, see. Yeah, let me think. What could that possibly be about? <laughs> and uh, what I do is I have to get his voice in my head. I have, you know, those books are much, much darker than the uh, Mackenzie novels. And so what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll browse my previous books. I'll reread some of the stuff I wrote before and try and get, the rhythms in my head and try and get his voice in my head uh, as I'm plotting out the book. I will not write them both at the same time. That's 
that's crazy. But I know people who do that sort of thing, but I don't. I'll I'll have to immerse myself in that character before I can actually start writing the book. Which character are you more like, if I can ask that, Holland Taylor or Rushmore McKenzie? Which one is a closer reflection of David Housewright, the author? Uh, probably McKenzie because he's a smart aleck. Uh, because he's, he's, he's prone to, to annoying people just for the fun of it. Um, uh, his sensibilities are mine. He's a baseball fan. He's a jazz fan. Uh, he doesn't carry a gun with him everywhere he goes, uh, unlike Taylor. <laughs> so yeah. I, I guess I would lean towards more towards that character. Okay, so how much... Or is it actually fun to be able to work these protagonists into uh, places with which you are familiar, whether it be, I I mean, I picture for people who don't know, Rushmore McKenzie's now wife, um, uh, Nina, uh, has a nightclub which I picture as being the Commodore in St. Paul on Western. Am I close to uh, an accurate description for that? Well, actually, you're you're not too far off. Uh, Ricky's, her her joint is basically a combination of three clubs. Uh, One of them, which doesn't exist anymore, which was the Artist Quarter in St. Paul, but uh, there's a place on, uh, I think it's Dale, called uh, Sweeney's. And sure. back when I was Yeah, back when I was a kid and I was working in advertising, it was the uh, Sweeney's Champagne Bar. And they used to have jazz. They used to have music in, in the upper floor. And that's where I first heard Rio Nito, for example, back in the, uh, God, was it the 70s to early 80s? And uh, so it's basically a combination of three places, but it is on Cathedral Hill. And in my head, it's not too far away from the Commodore. Well, these are the things I think that readers um, find enjoyable. I mean, I find all of this enjoyable, uh, to tell you the truth, but um, it just... I I like trying to identify, trying to get in the car with Rushmore McKenzie uh, and ride to the same places that he's going, Um, whether it is some dive bar where somebody's going to clobber him from behind or worse in some cases. um, uh, It it just makes it more fun, I I think. And I, I wonder how many readers tell you the same thing. Oh, I get that a lot. Um, one of my favorite things, if you want to use that word, is how people will send me emails and they'll say, oh, I loved your latest book. I thought that was fabulous. But on page 147, you write that he's going east on Highway 55. I'm pretty (laughs) sure you meant Highway 52. And I'm like, (laughs) my first thought is, Damn it! <laughs> How did that get by? But yeah, I get that a lot. I've had people who who have done like treasure hunts where they're trying to find a place that I created in a book by backtracking Mackenzie's steps, and I'm going, well, you know that house actually 
doesn't exist. I kind of made it up. I, I mean, I, you know, what am I going to give you a real address and you're going to knock on the guy's door and go, hey, Mackenzie live here? How important is it? Um, Mackenzie's closest friend, his boyhood friend, and uh, who is a, still a St. Paul police officer. How important is it that uh, that they have relationships that uh, any central character uh, has a relationship that's that important in their life? Is it important? I think it's very important. Uh, if you read an awful lot of, of mysteries and crime fiction like I do, especially the old stuff, um, you know, the Chandlers and the Hammets and Ross McDonald, those guys, their characters really don't have a family. They don't really have a a, uh, uh, a lot of friendships that uh, appear in the books. And uh, I, when I created Mackenzie, I I purposely uh, made sure he had a very large circle. Because you have to remember, basically, what he's doing is he's doing favors for friends, and he needs friends. And the other thing yeah. is, uh, Mackenzie doesn't have a family per se. I mean, his mother died when he was a child. His father died, uh, passed before the the series began, and so his friendships with Bobby Dunstan and other people those are that's that's his family. And that's one of the motivations for what he does, is he's basically looking uh, for a place to belong. Well, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, you know, I, I think about that when I think about some of the places he goes, some of the characters that he runs into and some of the, the favors that he does. As, and I guess that's the best way to refer to them as favors that he does for others. Do you know... Uh, do you have an idea, a pretty good idea, how a book is going to end before you begin? Absolutely. I will not write the first word until I know what the last word is. Now, I don't, I don't mean to say I actually write the endings, but I know how the book ends before I begin. Absolutely. Um, and you've, you've read them yourself. Your you know, listeners have read them where they're reading a book, and it's pretty good. And then they get to the ending, and they go, What? And it's because the author, he's got 70, 80,000 words in the book, and he's got to wrap that sucker up, and he doesn't know how it ends any more than you do. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. endings, And I'm like, come on, man, you can't do that. (laughs) Also, I think the ending of the book will tell readers what the book is about. Um, but it also tells the writer what the book is about. And I, I don't mean just who done it. No. I mean, you know, what is it you're trying to explore? What is it you want people to think about when they close the cover? And, uh, yeah, we've all read those books where you get to the end and you're like, wait, 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 what? Yeah, well, I, I've done that. You're absolutely right. Where I have to go back, you know, like a chapter or two or, you know, multiple pages is like, well, where did this person come from or or what happened here? So, yeah, you, they, it, it doesn't seem to be built the way you would like to have it built. So do, do you are, are you regimented in your I mean, this is your job is to write. So are do you treat it like a job? Do you get up in the morning and go to your workplace? Well, not when I get up in the morning. I mean, you know, 
coffee doesn't drink itself. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I I I have a I, I know what my deadlines are. I know uh, what I'm doing. I I know people. My 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 process isn't as uh, regimented as some. I know some people who get up and they will work from like eight in the morning until two in the afternoon or two in the morning until midnight or whatever. They will write a thousand words a day or 3000 words or whatever. Uh, they have a system and that's what they follow. Mine is a little bit more flexible. Uh, once I start the book, once I got it in my head and I know what I'm going to do, I'll try to write, um, you know, $5,000 or $5,000. I'll try to write 5,000 <laughs> words a week. And, uh, and sometimes I'll actually do that. Um, but, but I don't necessarily say I'm going to write for six hours today and six hours tomorrow. Ah, okay. um, it's a little bit more lighter than that. Some days you sit down and you got nothing. And some days you sit down and it just, it's like you're watching somebody else do it. It's, it's just flowing that well. Um, you know, the trick is knowing you have to write the book and it's not going to write itself. So get to work, get to work. Yes. That's the reason they call it a broom is because you have to push it. Uh, I mean, it's yes. just, it's just <laughs> like that. So hey, I, I do enjoy what you do. And when people ask me, because I try to turn other people on to authors that I like and that I find the same way, this is how I came to you, David, as a, a very good friend of mine said, oh, here, read these. So I did. And then I went back to the beginning and then brought everything forward. But I think in maybe, uh, and I don't say this about many, but maybe in Rushmore McKenzie's case, it, it really helps to have that foundation of the initial book, don't you think? Uh, not really. One of the things I, I pride myself in is that each book can stand alone. Uh, when you, I make references to, to characters like, say, Bobby Dunstan or Heavenly Petrick, right. or I make references to where his money came from. Uh, that's always pertinent to the story. You can jump in anywhere and, and move on. You don't need to go back and read the first eight books to figure out what's going on in books 9, 10, and 11. Uh, so I, I, I kind of take pride in that. Uh, I know some people who don't care. I've had I've had readers tell me you know they grabbed number five or they they jumped in at number thirteen, and then they went back and read them all forward, and that's fine with me. I mean, what am I going to do? Argue with them? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you don't you don't need to do that. You can jump in anywhere and move forward. Well, uh, I hope that you will continue, and I will look now for. Um, and according to what I see on a website, um, Man in the Water is in June, um, but I'm going to guess Holland Taylor, if you said coming out this year also, will be maybe before that in that particular case. Well, I'm talking to these guys in Florida. I don't know. I, you know, the problem is it's June. If the book was coming out in, in April or May, then I would hold Taylor off until September. Or October, 
um, because you know you've got that distance between the two books. But right. I I really honestly don't know what we're going to do right now. I hope to get it out this year. I hope to get it out at least by late fall, but we'll see. Okay. All right. I, well, I'm not going to pressure you or hold you to it. And when I get a chance to be on the radio again, this is why one of the reasons I, I said this, I, uh, well, do I'll send you my address. One of the reasons I, I, and I said this at the beginning of this half hour here, that I enjoy the chance to fill in is because it allows me to have on guests with whom I'd like to talk. Um, and it, it just and and you're one of those, David. Just because I'm a fan, and I think it shows through. I hope it it does because uh, the, then people who trust me will trust that I know what I like to read, and they will like it as well. So well, hey. I appreciate it, and I'm a fan of yours. Going back to the uh, '70s and '80s, you know, I don't know if you know this, but back in the day when I was working in advertising, we met. Uh, a couple of times. This is back when you were with the other station. and uh, Oh, I was multiple stations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. yeah, I, yeah, I worked for Hubbard for a number of years, and maybe that might have been the time. Um, I don't recall. But, David, so nice to have a chance to chat with you. Thank you for agreeing to be on here on this Saturday afternoon. I'll keep reading as long as you keep writing. Keep doing it. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, John. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Look for Man in the Water coming out maybe in June. More to come from David Housewright and Rushmore McKenzie. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.